Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping visionaries make the impact that they were meant to make. Do you like catchy titles? I do. This one, although was not something planned, it was totally organic and unplanned. You see, it was my turn to present the next education piece at my local MCBA business networking group. I had a topic that I wanted to test on a group of business owners. And I do this with newer content that I'm proving out for my podcast and other places. So I really enjoy being a member of this group and being selected as a co-education chair, which means I can find cool content, test it out, and see how people react, and then bring it to a different audience once I've kind of used it a few times. I think that's what comedians do, and it's what keynote speakers do, and I do fancy myself and see myself as a speaker one day, so this is all good practice for me. Anyway, the result, I believe, was very good. At the end of the first talk, and I say the first talk for a reason, the group was discussing who they wanted to bring in as a special guest speaker during an upcoming Bring a Guest Day. And the group unanimously chose me. They wanted me to do the same talk again. I recorded both and have permission from every member who commented in my talk. So as promised... I wanted to give each of them a shout out, and those commenters that were in the MCBA meeting, they are linked in the show notes at the bottom where you can see their names and links to their businesses, and I don't put them in my podcast unless I know, like, and trust each of them, and I do. So this podcast is the recording of the second time through this optimization talk, but I also put the 10-minute clip from the original talk where we go down the road of thoroughbreds and donkeys. So that's where you're going to find the big hee-haw for you. (laughs) Enjoy this podcast and think on the questions that I pose in my presentation. All right, so I'm going to talk today about optimization of our businesses. Does anyone know what optimization is? It's a big word. I'm a former mechanical engineer, so that's all I did. It's like optimization, you take anything that creative people have made, okay, how do we make it better? How do we make it better? Usually engineers break stuff in the process, lots of stuff. So let's start with a principle that is one of the best principles in optimization. It's called Pareto's principle, otherwise known as the 80-20 rule. Just by a show of hands, who is familiar with the 80-20 rule? 20% of us are familiar. Interesting. (laughs) You get that later. All right. I'm going to read the definition, the Pareto Principle. The Pareto Principle, named after economist Vilfredo Pareto, specifies that 80% of consequences come from 20% of the causes, asserting an unequal relationship between inputs and outputs. This principle serves as a general reminder that the relationship between inputs and outputs is not balanced. 
The Pareto Principle is also known as the Pareto Rule or the 80-20 Rule. You see this so many times in nature, in relationships, in families, in businesses, in so many things that does A plus B equal C? Yes, but usually there's more of A, less of B, still equals C. And it's, it's just always fascinated me coming from an engineering background. And when you start tracking stuff, like for example, since we're, you know, we're all business owners, okay, so what's our, what's our bottom line? Okay, our bottom line was you know, $100,000 at the, at the net income, net, you know, net profit of the business. And okay, we had 100, client, 100, 100 customers that produced that. If you took each of your customers and all 100 of them and you put it in a chart, by profit, so customer by profit. Has anyone ever done this before, by the way? Looked at, Hugh has. So you'll probably verify this easily. And it, your business is a little different too because you have such a steady stream of people coming in. So I'm even curious here. But what you'll typically see is that if your profit was 100,000, roughly 80% of that, 80,000, comes from 20 of your 100 clients. That make sense? So you have 100, so 20 of those give you 80% of your profit. Dumb question. Who wants to find more 20s? Okay. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Okay. I've done this presentation recently. Um, and I want to be able to just share it again. So I know some of you were here before. We're going to try, I'm going to try and touch on some, some different things if possible. But it's essentially the same conversation. So I can probably get through it faster so we can open up more time to really connect and have some questions and examples and brainstorm. Because this, this tool that I want to show you on the board, after I just share a few more things about, about the 80-20 rule, this tool can really be a, a, like a truth finder, right? A truth finder in your business. And I would highly recommend that you do stuff like this to audit. You heard mention the word audit. Use this to audit everything in your life. I mean, well, I'm an engineer, so I would do that, right? But not <laughs> everyone does. But find things that, you know what? How can I just get more efficient with my time? What, you know, or 20% of your time is leading to 80% to of the results in your life. Here's a couple that I, I really enjoyed, just 80-20 things. I was at a, a Tim Ferriss. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Tim Ferriss. He has a huge podcast, over 700 million downloads. It's, crazy. And he, he's one of the best interviewers I've ever listened to. He brings on, you know, the top names in sports and business and he had Michael Dell on recently. He had like, he's, you know, politicians, athletes, just, I just love the way he interviews and he goes long form two, three hours. And so he did a live recording of a podcast in New York city. I went with my friend Vincent. We went to see that. Then we went to an, a conference the next day with Seth Godin, who's a master of marketing and, you know, and, and, and Tim is up there doing like a, like a Q&A after, after the live podcast. And people are asking him different questions because the guys, he's the guy that also wrote the four-hour work week. Anyone ever heard of that book, The Four-Hour Work Week? A couple of you. It's like mind-blowing stuff. And that was at the, around 2007 he wrote that before people were doing virtual working. And you know, all the stuff that we're living now, he, he was predicting this stuff 15 years ago. I mean, he was showing people that are working full-time jobs. Like, let's be honest. If you want to have freedom in your life and have more traveling, your job that you're doing 40 hours a week, you know, eight hours a day, you know, five days a week, you could probably do your entire work on Monday. 
and Tuesday. Well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You can take the essential things of what you do in a, in a job, find the 80% of what someone's doing in a job, do it 20% of the week, that's one day a week, and then they can travel and have, like, you have to, and he teaches you, this is a really neat book. And, and so someone's asking, asking questions, of, how about this, how about that? And how do you audit the, your time and, like, and, and the amount of energy? Because so everyone wants his time. you got 700 million downloads. He gets inundated with thousands of emails per day. Like, it's just crazy. And I love what he said. It's not exact quote, but it's, I just wrote this note down. 80% of our pain and our drama comes from 20% of our customers, relationships, employees. 80% of our pain and drama come from 20% of fill in the blank of our family members. Won't go too deep, but probably 80% of my pain and family has come from one person, my dad lately. So, but it's true, 20% of our relationships lead to 80% of our, no, 20% of our relationships lead to 80% of our drama and pain. Does anyone relate to that? Yeah. But on the bright side, 20% of our relationships, our customers, our employees lead to 80% of our, 80% of our happiness and our profits. And Tim Ferriss was sharing that on stage. He says he audits every year and looks at, he looks at all of the people that he has spent time with and thinks about, okay, there's Bob, there's Marsha, there's Gary, there's Colette, there's Paul, here's Hugh. He's looking at all these names and he's just kind of like feeling it out. Like, you know what, that person, he, this is a sense to it. He's looking, you stare at someone's name, there's a sense to it. And he would, he would, he would notice that if he just kind of emotionally, mentally, like crossed off those names and said, love you guys, but I'm going to love you from really far away. Like, hey, nice to see you, Bob. Hey, yeah, I got to go. Like, but really learning how to avoid and pull himself away from relationships that were causing him pain and drama. And he would remove those from his life. That's difficult to do. Especially if you work with him, right? But he's an entrepreneur. He's able to. So some, some you really can't. But he was able to clear that every year. But there was other people that really poured into him relationship-wise. And, you know, were like master connectors and introduced him to key people or investments or opportunities. And they were always a plus in his life. And so he realized, like, it's almost like what Mike Michaelowitz in the book Pumpkin Plan one preceding the one he did called Profit First. He did like this grid, and I won't draw it here, but essentially like a tic-tac-toe board, it's, and I'll, I'm going to use that as the model from what I'm doing here. But he, uh, he says, okay, write the names, write the customers, and put like a smiley face, a sad face, or like a dash. Smiley face, if they're a positive benefit to your business, to your life, to your fill-in-the-blank. A sad face, if they take away... <laughs> And just a check mark or a dash if they make no difference at all. They're passive. And by doing this, you, know, you can see all the sad faces and start, and start looking at those and collecting them. And typically the sad faces will be 20%-ish. And you'll notice that if you remove those sad faces, this was Tim discovered over the years by removing the sad faces, it gave him a lot more happy faces. So that's the simple version. So this is an optimization tool, the 80-20 rule. So you can see how you can apply what are the vital few 
that are leading to the results that we want. Is that good? We got that concept down? Okay, cool. So I want to show you now, and I did this recently, an extension of Michael Michalowicz's grid. And this is something that I created along with my buddy Vincent Puglisi, who runs Total Life Freedom. He's a mastermind I'm a part of. And he, he, the two of us were together in Nashville. And we were, like, frustrated, both of us, on we're doing lots of stuff. Like, we got, like I've got a cleaning business, multiple parts of a cleaning business. Like, I do houses. I do offices. I do all these things. I do online business. I got podcasts. I run memberships. I have courses. Like, like all this stuff I'm doing. Okay, how do I keep it all together? What makes sense? Is there anything I'm doing that doesn't make sense? And he was asking the same questions. Are there things that he's doing? Because he runs, he's, he has like nine streams of income. And he was also curious because he's noticing that in the membership group he's running, there are certain people that were just absolutely draining him. Draining him. And he, he's like, what should I do? I'm like, we got to get rid of some of these people because they're wiping you out. And they were just one person out of 100. So one one hundredth of his profit, because everyone paid the same, was like 80% like 80 of his drama and his pain. And so that's an extreme version of this rule. And so we're just like, well, let's map our businesses out. And then when we made this map, we were like, wow, we could apply this to so much more. You could apply it to some examples, the, you know, all the segments of our business. We could apply it to all of the segments of our life. We could apply it specifically niche, niche down and say, let's just look at our customers. Which customers do we want to optimize? Or a word called cloning. Cloning is, you know, pick the best ones, the ones that give the biggest smiley faces. Or how about our employees? Which of our employees are the greatest benefit? So, like Gary, you've been an employer for many years. Do you notice over the years that some employees are just absolute, like you want to help them, great, but they just have so much drama. You don't have to say any names, but there's so much drama <laughs> that it wears the rest of the team down and other people are like, why can't I just have more of you, Bob? I, I cut Bob before, so I'm going to build Bob back up, right? Do you, have you experienced that over your, your lifespan in business? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, so, but the problem is, yeah. Even if you got a sad face, all right, you don't have anybody to replace that sad face. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, love to have lots of smiling faces, but you know, pickings uh, are pretty slim right now. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And desperate times, desperate measures, right? I mean, right now, that's certainly true. I wouldn't disagree. And I'm, I'll be finding that as I'm hiring for sure. But you can also use this as a tool when things are better. And you're like, well, I don't have the ability to bring on the, the happy faces because of the times. But you can certainly create the map, which I'll show you in a minute, and you could self-identify and say, what is it about Bob? And you know, look at Bob, Tom, Jim, and Susan, and, and Sharon. These are the ones here that are absolute blessings. And they're producing 80% of our results. Where did I find these people? Who are they referrals of? Did I get them? Where, where, where did they, where did this, they come from? What is it about them that made them where they are? What is their goals, their why, their motivations? You can really break down the particulars. What are, what are their characteristics? What's their upbringing? Psychologically, like what is it about them that has made them become who they are? 
and you could take that information and couldn't you apply that into your onboarding process in the future? Sure, there's a certain type of person that we are looking for. Right. Uh, and, and we do have uh, an HR guy who interviews right. people initially to sort of uh, vet out uh, the personalities that we're looking for because you want them to all be homogenized, if you will, with everybody else. You want to walk into our office and feel a good feeling from the employees that are there. You want our employees to say, I like to work here because of the people that are here. So yes, we, we certainly look for those those type of people. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I'm gonna get the Paul first. You had, you had mentioned, you know, your relationship with your father is a tough one. And of course, I think all of us have members of the family or extended family that are tough to deal with. You can't exactly fire them. So, um, <laughs> well, extreme cases divorce, but I mean, other than things like that, but even then it can be complicated. So I guess in those situations, we're talking about setting boundaries. And will you discuss that at all? You're, you know, going forward? I would, that would be a separate book, maybe a separate topic. That's a big one. Boundaries. I mean, I know the book you're referring to, right? Dr. Dr. Henry Cloud, the book Boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries could be a big discussion. I think that's good. Before I continue, I heard there's a few more hands that went up. Paul and, Paul and Claire. I, I was addressing Gary's comment about the, the leanness in the, in the job market. I've had some success in uh, when you've got the ugly face or the frowny face uh, of moving the smiley faces to a different role so that I can get rid of a frowny face. Mm -hmm. You still have a limited amount of energy and employees, but by some sometimes, and I know not everybody can put on siding and then instead do plumbing, but in, in, in office or other kinds of circumstances, sometimes you can change job descriptions or align job descriptions that would allow you to dump the frowny face and expand or take that job apart and put it in several smiley corners on your on your map. Yeah, but that's optimization. That's what you're doing. You still get rid of at least one or whatever within limitations, but it's one way to address some of that. Right. Right, because you can't, even in this lean job market where everybody is begging for employees, if you have somebody who's really, really toxic, you just can't hang on to them. Otherwise, your whole business is going to go down even more. Yeah. You really have you lose, to look at... You can lose smiley faces with the toxins. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. you can lose more employees by hanging on to that one just because you're afraid to lose... Or because you have such a big... Your heartstrings are being pulled so much and you want to help them so bad and then they, they're really a C player that you're helping to such a level that your A players are like... Why are they doing that with that person? You start to lose your top people. This, let me, go, let me get to Claire. I just, I had spoke with a hiring specialist years ago, and he said, listen, you can't teach a personality. You can teach anybody to do any job, but you cannot teach a personality. That is there. You're not, and with me, you know, front desk is everything. How they answer the phone. Oh, my God, my one assistant, they would just praise her. Hey, I came in because your assistant was so sweet on the phone. And she is, she's like just pouring just happiness and uh, too bad she needed benefits she's gone <laughs> so but you know she was great and i still love her and miss her and you know like people would literally praise me all the time mm. over her 
Yeah. That's that's beautiful. And so go ahead. how do you, um, in an interview situation, because I know a lot of people said, well, you know, the person was great in the interview and then got in there to the job and it was a completely different story. <laughs> so initially, you know, if you go back to the beginning of even hiring a person, how do you get to the real personality? Yeah, that is also another very hefty topic. I would say that, you know, when you've got people like you have an HR person dedicated and you got some great minds in there that have an ability to analyze, if you're tracking data, I think that's a great place to start. Like if you just track like, okay, the hiring process is seven steps, right? You look at eight your steps and you're like, where did the breakdown happen, right? You can start to track that, but again, a bigger topic. Um, what I'm, I'm not surprised about this at all. When I'm bringing all these topics up, Wow, the employee wants a hot button for sure. I think that that one's a little tougher to manage, but still the tool applies. I, I'm just I want to give you something. It's you know it's like you know you're out there with the hose and you put it on the sprinkle setting. And it's like just I'm just like sprinkling ideas out there to kind of water the garden. Uh, nicely done, right? Thank you. <laughs> I was like on the fly that story. <laughs> I'm taking lessons from Gary on storytelling. So so, but I think. Personally, this applies most directly, most simply, tangibly, take it here today, use it tomorrow kind of thing is with your customers. Because your employees, you got them, you're, you might be stuck with them, right? But your customers, you can fire customers. You're allowed to. So you get nightmare customers, yeah, they have the fancy home and they want all the fancy stuff on their house, but they are nightmare people. Like, they are the kings and queens of drama. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever experienced king, king or queen drama. Okay, so let's, let's play there for the last 10, 15 minutes. We'll wrap up. Um, so I want to show you this tool, and I, I hope that this is something that you guys find useful, that you can kind of just jot down. Like, it's not difficult. Here's my note, my, my journal. I just drew it in my own journal for myself. And we can do a couple ways of, of how to apply it. So I'll just go with black. Was black the recommended color? I don't know. Or blue? Black. Black, black is green. the color? Okay. Go with black. Let's see if it works. All right. So I'm going to be drawing a... Try to make it smaller this time. I'm going to be drawing a, essentially a tic-tac-toe. So it's got a square here. It's going to be a three by three grid. All right. And on this grid in the lower left box, I'm just going to kind of round off the edges because I want to show that it looks like a circle. Same thing on the lower four boxes. I'm also going to kind of make it into a circle. And then on the outside, nine boxes, I'll make a circle. I want you to think of this like a big archery, you know, target where we'll just call this the bullseye, that lower left box right there. And then you've got this, if you can imagine this next inner circle, I don't really have a better term for it, just to call it inner, <laughs> the inner circle. And then this is your outer circle, which would be essentially the upside down L on the outside of this box. And I want to have two measurements. Up top, I'm going to put the words 
time, drama. Drama is such a cool word. It, it, it handles so much stuff. <laughs> drama, time. You can add other stuff in here. It doesn't have to be these two metrics. I just like these two. And over here, you might put, I'll just go with something simple like profit. But there's so many things you can do to measure. Profit's a simple one because it's so, it's like money's like, numbers are, are so tangible. You can have something that's easily measured. Money's an easily measured thing. <laughs> She's agreeing with me. So we're gonna just, I'm just gonna draw an arrow from the top left over and down where we're going to signify this first box to the top is gonna to be the low condition. This will, the center will be the, I guess, medium. And then high for the far right or the bottom left, okay? No one ever said I was good with my penmanship. However, you guys can get the... It looks fine. It does look good? Yeah. Why, thank you. The training's worked. Okay. So, what the heck is this? Think of, I'll do, I had this one still written down, so I'll just share this one quickly because it's a way that I use this tool to segment my business. And so I've got one, two, three, four, five, I have eight things here on a list of things that I do to create income. I'll go in blue. So I'll do this and I'll probably just erase it because I want to be able to do something else quickly. So there's one thing I've been doing for a long time with all under the umbrella of Carfagno Cleaning Incorporated. Uh, I, I do one-time house cleaning. You know, show up one time, you work with realtors. Great. And I was thinking about that. Okay, so what does that look like in my life? I get these phone calls. I talk when I get the phone calls. I never know when they're going to come. They're never going to get any convenient time. I take them. It might be a half an hour on the phone. And yeah, I can make good money from it. But you know, it takes a lot of my time. And I'm working with multiple people, working with a real estate agent, working with a customer. They want to move out of their house. They're like stressed out. And so I feel like it's just, it's a lot of drama. It's a lot of time to get high profit. But I wouldn't even say it was like super high profit. Yeah, actually I did. It is high profit. So, <laughs> I had to take my model. So I put one-time houses for me over there. They're very high. Got to go lower. Did right? I have it? Wait, did I have this wrong? Yeah. 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 High profit and high drama. The eraser probably works here, but it was too far away. <laughs> so. One step. <laughs> so there you go. One-time profit. I am absolutely, good thing I see on my podcast, I can edit, which is great. <laughs> so one time, houses, the uncut version, exactly. One time houses are there. I also would have another one, recurring houses. Okay, I show up and do your house every two weeks. Well, they're a little bit time and energy to get them. So I, sometimes I have cancellations, sometimes I have to deal with, you know, the holidays so it's like medium amount of time and drama. And I had it as, but I have it as a medium time and drama. And I had it at a medium profit. So houses recurring. And kind of, it kind of hovers between these two. It's, if anything, it's on that line. The next thing, office cleaning, recurring office cleaning. Uh, and especially, matter of fact, because of COVID, 
I saw this become more on the high side. So it, it does straddle that over 17 years of me doing it, it straddles that line, but COVID caused it to definitely shoot over there. Recurring offices, I noticed that the profitability of it, some, where got recurring offices are down here. Yeah, so here's recurring offices. I've been doing this for many years too. That's what that does say, recurring offices. That's high profitability and medium drama. So if I just fill out, there's other things I do. I run courses that I sell. I have books. This is all my online business. I have one group that I run, a membership community, that. Another group I run called the Elite. Another group that I run called the Tribe. So these are all different things that I do. And what was so interesting when I saw this on a map like this, I was like, my time is splintered everywhere. What makes the most sense for me as I move forward? And it was very clear to me that my takeaways were, well, this is where I want things to be. While I find a way, this is clearly something I need to do. It's in this inner circle. And wow, let me find a way to get it over there. Let me find better offices. What type of, what type of offices cause me to niche down? Yeah, that type of office is the best office. I want to get you know, more there. I'm looking at one-time houses, like, yeah, they're good money, but they're over in this outer circle. Why do I want the drama of all of that, especially what COVID has caused with, you know, house cleaning? Why, why would I focus a lot of my time over here when I could do more stuff here and have a more simple, stable, long-term business? So this made a lot of sense. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. This, it's here. It's in like this next, like this circle is the best. This one's this next inner circle. It's good, especially if you can get it over to here. Uh, but this, this has been straddling this line, this house cleaning stuff. I'm like, you know what? Let me just get rid of house cleaning. I'll do it. If someone, if people are still calling me. I'm, I'm booked out. You know, I have a waiting list. But let me be more strategic. And then I've got these things here. Well, they're way up there. But you know what? They're taking so little of my time. The potential is great. I'm not, really, I'm not really doing much with them. The content's already made. It's evergreen. It's out there. People can buy it. I can make money. I'm like, all right, I'll just keep doing it. There's so little time, so little profit. It's like, this is like the, this upper left box. It's kind of like the holding. Uh, what would you call it in, in, in flight? You know, like the waiting area before a plane takes off. Oh, on the, on like the, the ramp? Yeah, like just, on the ground? Yeah. Yeah, I'd call it the, the taxi ramp. The taxi ramp. So this is like the taxi ramp. You just got these. The, yeah, my, my podcast on my courses and books, and these are different groups I run. Um, yeah, so you've, you have a podcast, Smart Cleaning School. So like the taxi area. So these are these are upper left boxes, like the taxi area. Like they're just out there on the runway. doesn't really cost a ton. It's idling. It's not using up a lot of fuel, not much. But once it takes off, man, that could be a really good one. So I'm just kind of sitting with these. Let me just Let me just wait and see what happens. And then this one here, that one... I just know there's a lot of potential that if I just add more members to this group, I can easily bring that over here. So when I did this for me, what made a lot of sense to me was recurring offices ought to be my number one thing I focus on going forward in my new Carfagno commercial cleaning company. That made the most sense to me as I did this analysis a few months ago. Same thing with this particular group. So all the things I do online, I need to spend more time here. Now, what generates that? And I've run a podcast and 
people listen to it, they hear I offer free coaching on my website, they get, they get a free coaching call with me, then they can buy things that I offer. And I just got my first sponsored opportunity this week, which is cool. A local, uh, not local, but an inventor of a cleaning product found my podcast and this, we'd like to pay you to, to read about our company on your podcast. I said, I'm listening. <laughs> so I interviewed the guy yesterday and I'm going to work out some kind of an offer with him. So that's an example. I'll just leave that one up. I'll draw it again. So we have two minutes. I'm just going to leave it as an empty box because I want you just to visualize. But is this, let's show, show of hands. Can you see the usefulness of this within your business by segmenting? Get ahead, Colette. Are we just raising your hand? I can you? see where it's useful to that, but also to my customers, to my clients. Sure. Um, because a lot of what I do, um, like, this makes sense on a higher level, but it kind of like, um, the way you're portraying it to, like, put it in terms to my clients, like my small business clients who I'm, like, um, helping with basically, like, accounting, finance, coaching type sure. topics. Um, it kind of puts... A higher level theory in a really usable form. So I would use this with. Clients. How about delegation? This is another great example. What if you're looking at all the different things of like, here's all the things I got on my plate, and I'm going through this now. I chose to invest a portion of what I need to do for systems into Colette Services, and she's very reasonable in price, and she does incredible work. And I was able to take something off of my plate that I considered QuickBooks Online. I've been stressing about stinking QuickBooks Online for like three years. I don't want to do it. And it was over here in high drama. And it was very low. Like, QuickBooks Online was here for me. So why don't I just delegate that to someone? And QuickBooks Online, for her, it's a here for her. Why don't I just delegate a thing for me in this upper right to someone else's lower left? And why don't I focus on my lower left? It's optimization. Did you have a point? I was just going to say, I mean, going back to... You have the ability to use this really for any measurable. Yes. Right? That's yes. the piece. So obviously time, drama, and profit is a great one, but literally any measurable can be put up in those two axes and be utilized to see what's causing drama in your life, what's making you, uh, what's costing more, right? Anything that you can measure, you can plug on both of these. Yeah. And this Tom McKay. And this guy here, sharpest dressed guy that I know. <laughs> Give Tom a shout out in the podcast. You've already been on the podcast a few times. So everyone, that was the one only time you came. So what happens if, if let's say, you have one in the upper box that depends, or one in the upper right box that depends yeah. on the lower left box? These are, right. And remember, the point of this, here's a tool. Here's a wrench, right? Use the wrench. You have to figure out how to best use it. So to that point, yeah, there's, there's going to be interactions, and in those interactions, you have to evaluate, well, you know what? If I remove this, then it could severe. Like, I don't want to remove something that's low here, maybe, but it could take away something amazing. You have to evaluate everything. It's not always clear, cut, and dry. I'm trying to present it in a way that's super simple, but I understand that it's not, right? And so you keep moving on with, the, right, it's metrics. Uh, there's a, something else for those that are super analytical, you can put numbers to this. Like, let's say you could say this is low profit equals zero to 20,000 a year. This is 20,000 to 50,000, 50,000 to 100,000. You can quantify it so it's actually super measurable. Okay, what's time drama? Okay, it takes five hours of my week. 
This takes 10 hours in a week. This takes 20 hours in a week. And once you define your parameters, you can then take the emotion out. Because then you say, well, here's Bob. What is, well, Bob contributes 18,000 a year and five hours a week. Okay, well, he's up here. Jim, boom, boom. And then here's the point. When you have, when you have all these, I, I mentioned, here's Bob, right? Maybe here's Jim. Uh, here's the Smiths, on, you know, just throwing stuff out there. Here's, uh, yeah, here's Tom, whatever, and yes, Sue. Gary's very high, drama. Uh, <laughs> not you, no, not, not Gary. Not Gary Volpe of Volpe Enterprises. Gary. That's plain croquet, right? <laughs> right, exactly. There's uh, Marcia over here. But you can see that, well, what do I want in my life? Like, here's, we will throw one here. Teresa, that's always a good one. Uh, Lisa. So why don't we do this? These lower four boxes, why don't we just take that circle? I would like more of these. What is it about the Smiths that put the Smiths in that box? Jot down the characteristics, just like you could with employees. Do the same thing with customers. How did I find that customer? Were they a referral? Okay, interesting. Where did I get the referral from? Dig, 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 dig. Get a big shovel now. Analyze. This is what an engineer, an optimizer does. They figure out where they're coming from. Well, these are great too. I'm not going to get rid of them. How'd you get all those? Also, how'd you get these? How do we do less of that, more of this, and that would be cloning, is the optimization principle called cloning. So there's, it's nine o'clock now. There's so many things you could dive into this and all these different interactions. So I just want to put this out there as a tool that can be used for optimization. And I know this is the second time I've done this. Some of you have seen this for the first time. Uh, you, you find this useful? It's something you could, you could think on as you leave this room and like, wow, okay, how can I, how can I apply this? So any comments? I have one almost what Gary had me thinking about what you said, like how they're interconnected, because I think that is the other problem. Like sometimes you feel like you have your hand on one whole gusher and you let it up and it does another. But I think to me, it helps you start asking the question, why are they interconnected? Like what is the main thing that, you know, it triggers you and see if it's worth delving into from that point. So it's like, for me, like I was able to plot it, and then I'm like, well, okay, but why are they interconnected? Are they interconnected because I made them interconnected? Or is it something that I can do a little different to, to approach it a little different? So I got a quick, I know, I know we're late. Here's my question, and I think Gary and Tom probably are the closest I can think of that have this. Like through my website, like everybody wants to fly, they think. So I get a lot of, I get phone call leads, and then I get like website. I have a, a form on my website um, lead for people who think about flight training. My question is, how much time do you spend tracking down initial leads before you give up on a lead? You know, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm trying to find. Like, I keep a spreadsheet of everybody who reaches out that I call them, and then I keep track of those calls. Like, so, how many calls do you do? Because, like, obviously, it's once you give up, that's a zero revenue. Yeah. So you need a CRM, and then it's kind of like a drip process, right? So if you call them the first time, they don't answer. You call them a week later, they don't answer. You call them a month later, they don't answer. You call them six months later, right? So putting a process in place in order to kind of attack how you're going to go after those people. 
um, is one thing I'll say. But two, and this goes for hiring and clients, is if you go to your best employees and sit there and say, you're doing a great job. I would love to have more people like you. Do you have any friends that would do a great job that you would like to work with is huge. Same thing with the clients. I love working with you and your family. It is fulfilling. You're fun people. Do you know anybody else like you that I could work with, right? It helps for referrals. It helps for bringing in additional employees that are going to that your great employee feels would do a great job, right? Because now that almost puts them on the line. They don't want to screw up. They want to make sure that they, you as the employer is proud of them. I wish the same could be said for clients, but you know, <laughs> that's not 100% true. But I, yeah, I think the biggest piece for what you said is uh, Roy's is to put a process in place that where you're going to drip on them. And I mean, if it takes you five minutes to, or not even 30 seconds to leave a message, that's low time, right? But potential for high profit if you finally get them to come in, right? Same, right. same yeah. concept. And, and so. this and this goes to what I mentioned the last time I shared this is Entree Leadership, that book by Dave Ramsey in his hiring and firing chapter. He says that great candidates, great customers, they all run together. Bad ones run together. He calls them donkeys and thoroughbreds. <laughs> and he says thoroughbreds always run with other thoroughbreds. Donkeys, hee-haw with other donkeys. <laughs> Hey, we're just talking about farms here. I don't know what you guys are thinking, okay? But that's, uh, that's something maybe to hang on to. So um, if a donkey, you got a donkey, and they, hey, I got someone I think might want to work for the company, say, thank you very much, but run. If you got a thoroughbred, and they, hey, I got a client referral for you. Ooh, I don't, I, I, vent, I venture to say this. Um, not in this room. Outside of this room. Other networking groups. There might be other networkers you know on the, that could be used here as well. Which of your net? Tom McKee is here, and so if if someone gives you a referral, that uh, who are you calling donkeys, Ken? <laughs> I am not calling anyone in here a donkey. But does anyone know a donkey in the hundred referral groups they're in? If you didn't know a donkey, I don't need to say it. But when they say, "Hey, Marsha, I've got a referral for you." Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Run. <laughs> is, that, is that okay to say that? Is that a little PC, a little not PC? All right. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to share today. Well, that was certainly a super fun opportunity for me to not only share the talk on these nine boxes, this tic-tac-toe-looking tool that I was describing. It was a wonderful opportunity that I got to get people to think about their business in possibly a new way, about opportunities that they could optimize their customers, their employees, and even their business segments. Is this something that you would like some help with? Make sure to check out all the free and paid resources available at the Smart Cleaning School website. And if you'd like to speak with me personally, there's a big orange button in the center of my homepage that says book a call with Ken. Go ahead and take me up on the offer. It's a free coaching call. I look forward to speaking with you soon. Have a fantastic week and thanks for listening to the Smart Cleaning School podcast. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.